0: Before we get started, a word of warning. This episode contains descriptions of violence, so please be careful listening. The way this story was first told went like this. It was the Saturday of Labor Day weekend, and Elec Murdoch stopped on the side of a South Carolina road to change a flat tire. And then a stranger tried to kill him. At least that's what Elick told the cops.
1: The original report was he was changing a tire and somebody came along and yelled at him and then went to a country church parking lot, circled back, shot at him, tried to kill him.
0: That's our colleague Val Borlein. She's been following the Murdoch family for months. They're one of the most powerful families in South Carolina. And she says in Elick's first telling of this story,
1: someone helped him. A good Samaritan of some sort came by and got him and took him to a nearby field, took him there. And then he was airlisted to Savannah for treatment. So that was shocking, right? Somebody tried to kill Alec Murdoch. But pretty quickly, there were inconsistencies in the story. Inconsistencies
0: like he was driving a Mercedes SUV that had what's called run flat tires, meaning there would have been no need to stop and change a flat.
1: Something smelled wrong, but, you know, a guy's been shot at. Nobody wanted to say, "Mm," but it became clear that the story just didn't add up. Days after the shooting,
0: Murdoch said he asked a former client to kill him so that his eldest son could collect a $10 million life insurance payout. Basically, insurance fraud. But there is more, a lot more, in the Murdoch saga. It's a lot. I mean,
1: we're talking about five bodies, at least seven investigations, and tens of millions of dollars. It's a lot.
0: Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaum. It's Friday, October 8th. Coming up on the show, What led to the disastrous collapse of the Murdoch dynasty?
2: This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange traded funds with Global X ETFs. Exchange traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. GlobalX specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit globalxetfs.com to discover how you can get started.
1: We've got quite the episode here to untangle. A fair warning my accent comes out a lot when I talk about this story. Really? Why? Oh, because it's so close to home. I grew up one county over the line from South Carolina and started out in small-town newspapers where there's always one family that just runs the place. And it's after a certain number of generations, it doesn't even have to be asserted. It's just understood.
0: In Hampton County, South Carolina, that family has been the Murdochs. They own one of the largest law firms in the region, established more than a century ago. And for decades, the family also ran the county prosecutor's office. The latest Murdoch to wield that power is 53-year-old
1: Alec Murdoch. Alec Murdoch is part of, like, the, I guess, the fourth generation of Murdochs to be involved in the law firm. And he, he served as a volunteer prosecutor, so he was also involved in the prosecutor's office. So he's sort of that fourth generation of power Murdoch married his college
0: sweetheart, Maggie, and they had two sons, Buster and Paul. According
1: to court records, Paul got in a fair share of trouble. Paul was cited, you know, a bunch of times for kind of like nickel and dime things, like speeding and littering or catching a fish that was too big, things like that, you know, six or seven times. That behavior became more pronounced as he got older, And there was a period of time in, like, 2017, 2018, where he had a half dozen run-ins with the law. In February of 2019,
0: Paul's run-ins with the law got more serious. It started when Paul and his girlfriend took the Murdoch family boat out with some friends. Their plan was to head
1: to a family cabin for a night of drinking. And just, you know, have a fire, have some drinks, and sleep over at the cabin. And these were all underage kids at the time, 19, 20, you know, at the most— Paul started the night at a convenience store buying some beer and some cigarettes, and he used his older brother Buster's ID. According to evidence and testimony,
0: on the way to the cabin, Paul docked the boat in the town of Buford and went to a bar with one of the people on the boat, Connor Cook. Cook acknowledged in a deposition that he used a fake ID to drink underage. They had two shots, lemon drops and Jaeger bombs. Then they went back to the boat, and Paul got behind the wheel
1: again. The kids on the boat said that Paul's behavior changed like radically after that. All the kids said, he became really verbally abusive to them and especially to his girlfriend. So he went up and got in her face and yelled at her and would go back and drive the boat and then get back up and get angry. And other people would say, you know, let me drive. You know, you don't know what you're doing. You're drunk. And he would say, ah, nobody else is driving my damn boat. The kids have also said... And the police have said that Paul went back to the helm of the boat, the console, where he was, had been standing and kind of took the boat out of idle and just floored it. Just like floored the boat. And all of a sudden, the GPS data tells you they went from kind of going along slow to going 29 miles an hour in the dark on a river. And what happened? <sighs> I mean, it makes me even it sh- to shiver to think about it. According to the kids in the boat, the girls are screaming. This one girl named Mallory Beach is terrified. She gets down on the bottom of the boat in her boyfriend's lap, covers her eyes, and they hit the piling of a bridge 29 miles an hour at 2 in the morning. And the boat crashes into the bridge, and three of the six kids are thrown into the water. Paul,
0: Mallory Beach, and her boyfriend were thrown into the water. Connor Cook called
2: for help. What bridge is Paul, what bridge is this? 9 one where's your emergency? We're in a boat crash on Archer's Creek.
1: It's a terrible scene, according to everybody who was there. The marsh there, the mud is very spongy and deep, like two to three feet deep of mud.
2: Please send someone.
1: Uh, no, I'm, we're coming. we're coming. okay? And Anthony, Mallory's boyfriend, cannot find Mallory. He's, in, he's swimming around looking for her, calling her name. They cannot find her.
2: There's six of us and one is missing. Okay, there's six. Who is missing? Who is missing? Uh, female Mallory Beats, is
1: missing. Okay. Is it? it took a long time for—I mean, you know, 20 minutes or more—for the police and the ambulance to get there, and it just was—it was—they were terrified. They couldn't find their friend. But some in the party were
0: also angry, particularly Anthony Cook, Mallory's boyfriend and Connor's cousin. He told officers at the crash that he tried taking control of the boat away from Paul. Dashcam footage shows Anthony telling officers that he thought Paul was unlikely to face consequences in the crash.
2: You all know Alec Murdoch? Oh, yeah, I know his name. That's his son. That's, That's so driving the boat? Good luck.
0: <sighs> Anthony Cook's lawyer declined comment. Five of the six passengers were accounted for. Mallory Beach was still missing. And three, including Paul and his friend Connor, were taken to the hospital. At the hospital,
1: it's it's really a crazy scene. Paul is acting so nuts that the nurses end up having to shackle him to the bed. And he is super drunk. According to medical records, Paul's blood alcohol
0: level was .286, more than three times the legal limit. Paul's father, Alec Murdoch, rushed over to the hospital to see his son. And according to court documents and witness testimony, he went from room to room to talk to his son's friends.
1: And he finds Connor Cook in the hallway. He's in a wheelchair going to get an x-ray. And Connor later said that, that Alec said, hey, we got we to gotta get our story straight on this. You got to say that you don't know who was driving. You know, we got to all stick together on this. We'll take care. I'll take care of it. Words to that effect. Days later,
0: Mallory Beach was found dead in a marsh. She was five miles away from the crash site. The crash was
1: desperately bad news for the Murdochs because, A, most important, a girl had died. And B, Paul was driving Ellick's boat. And C, Paul had used his older brother's ID to buy beer and to get into the bar. So the family had liability on a lot of levels here, particularly if it was proven that Paul was driving.
0: The investigation into the crash was complicated by the Murdoch's deep connections in the area.
1: The sheriff's office had had to recuse themselves. Some of the game wardens had to recuse themselves. Everyone is so tied to the Murdochs because they were, you know, the law enforcement works closely with prosecutors. They could not fairly investigate. So the case very quickly was turned over to state investigators to look at. And state investigators do not have the longstanding relationships to the Murdoch family as others. Over the course of
0: decades, the Murdochs have developed relationships with local law enforcement. And that
1: ties back to the family's history. The Murdochs kind of hold two centers of power in Hampton County. So in 1910, the patriarch of the family, Randolph Sr., founded the law firm, the big law firm that was, you know, that was just this dominant personal injury law firm. The Murdoch's second center of
0: power was the prosecutor's office in Hampton County. The family controlled that office for three generations, until Ellick's father retired in 2005.
1: So not only were they this family that was powerful because they were the prosecutors for 100 years, or 87 years to be precise, but they had run this law firm that really was the big fish in this very small pond. So they they're really powerful throughout the criminal justice system and the legal system. The
0: Murdoch's power went beyond the relationships the family built with the law. They also built relationships
1: with regular South Carolinians in Hampton County. The legacy of those relationships for many, many, many years is that Juries in Hampton County know the Murdochs. The Murdochs are the big law firm in town. They try a lot of cases. They try way more cases than anybody else in that area. So juries know the family. And I should say the family built its influence in part by doing a lot of care and feeding of the people of Hampton County. There was a tornado there a couple years ago, right? The firm said, come to our firm, drop off your dirty clothes, we'll launder them, and then come pick them up. That's the kind of thing they do. They not only wielded influence, they also wielded benevolence. So it, there's a really complicated relationship between Hampton County and this family. But all of that power was
0: tested after the boat crash, when criminal charges and lawsuits were filed against the Murdochs. In April 2019, state investigators brought charges against Paul, including for boating under the influence causing death. He pleaded not guilty and was released on bond. Mallory Beach's parents filed a wrongful death suit against Alec Murdoch and his eldest son Buster, whose ID was used to buy alcohol the night of the crash. After the suit was filed, Alec and Buster asked for the case to be dismissed. The judge declined. A family spokeswoman declined further comment. But before those cases could be resolved, there was another tragedy. That's after the break.
2: This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage
0: Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, Improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com.
2: This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption.
0: In June of this year, Randolph Murdoch III, Alec Murdoch's father, was sick with cancer.
1: He was at the end of a a long struggle with lung cancer and heart disease and had been in and out of the hospital for a long time. And the family got word that he could die any day now.
0: At the time, the Murdochs were staying in Moselle at their 1,700-acre hunting property. And on June 7th, a person familiar with the family said Elec Murdoch was with his father at the hospital. Elec then came home for a nap
1: and left again to check on his mother. He got back to M- Moselle around 10 o'clock at night, and he came in through the back entrance and immediately saw something wrong. He called 911 in just terror in his voice.
2: I'm <laughs> standing now a emergency
1: his voice was high he was he was yelling, he was sobbing, and he said, "'Come right away, my wife and child have been badly hurt
0: okay and are they breathing No, ma'am
1: Murdoch's wife, Maggie, and his son Paul, had been shot, he described seeing his wife and his son. Shot and, and she said, "Well, don't touch them." And he's like, "Well, of course, I already touched them. They're my family. They're you know, they've been shot."
2: I I'd, I'd already touched them trying to get a um to see if they were breathing. Okay, well, I,
1: I just don't want you to move anything, just in case they can get any Only kind right of evidence. Of okay, ma'am, I'm going to call. I, I need to call some of my family. Okay. Local law enforcement arrives, state investigators get there pretty quickly, and, you know, it's, it's late at night, it's a little bit rainy, it's muddy, it's a mess of a crime scene.
0: Val spoke with a person familiar with the investigation who described the scene.
1: Paul had been shot with a shotgun at close range. Maggie was shot, she was found some distance, a short distance away, facing away from Paul. And she had been shot with a type of an automatic weapon, What have investigators found and what have they told the public about this crime scene? They have told the public very little. They have not held one press conference. They've not taken questions at any point beyond, you know, statements. They've said very little. But curiously, they have said from the beginning that there's no danger to the public. They haven't released any suspects, sketches. They haven't given any descriptions of of what happened. But they've said there's no danger to the public. Days after Alec Murdoch's wife and son were
0: killed, his father died.
1: What the deaths do to Alec, his lawyer says, is it just kind of threw him into a spiraling depression and spiraling drug abuse problem. His lawyer says that Alec was, a, was an opioid user for 20 years and addicted to opioids I should say, his law firm, including uh, where his brother works, had said, we, we had no knowledge of that. Nobody's ever had any knowledge of that. But apparently, the spiraling drug use really put him in a bad way over the course of the summer. And during Murdoch's
0: spiral, another problem surfaced. The family law firm accused Alec Murdoch of embezzling money. Their allegations were later detailed in a lawsuit
1: against him. The partners in the law firm founded by his great-grandfather, and of which his brother is a partner, they confronted him about missing money from the law firm, and he didn't have an answer for it, and so they forced him out.
0: More than $10 million could be missing, according to people familiar with the firm. State law enforcement has opened an investigation into the alleged embezzlement. In the wake of his firing, Alec Murdoch released a statement saying, quote, The murders of my wife and son have caused an incredibly difficult time in my life. I have made a lot of decisions that I truly regret. After being kicked out of the family firm, Murdoch had lost almost everything. But he still had his older son, Buster. And then, in September, Murdoch said he tried to stage his own murder. But it failed. He survived. And days later... Murdoch
1: said he had orchestrated the entire thing. What happened was, his lawyer says now, is that he was bottoming out, right? He'd been fired by his law firm. And, you know, his wife and son were killed. He was broke. He was, had this addiction. And he just panicked. So he called a guy he knew, who he had represented in a case years before, but they'd stayed in touch, and asked him to come out and see him. And then he asked, he said he asked this guy to, shoot him in the head so and kill him, so the surviving sunbuster Buster would at least get some life insurance money. And he thought it was about $10 million.
0: Murdoch's former client was arrested on charges including assisted suicide and insurance fraud. According to a video of his bond hearing, when advised of charges, he said they were, quote, all crap. Murdoch had his own bond hearing in mid-September with his lawyer Dick Harputlian, who is also a Democratic state senator. Harputlian told the judge that Murdoch admits what he did was wrong. Uh, Your Honor, um, Alec Murdoch spent his entire life in this county. No prior record, uh, actually involved in all aspects of this community, uh, and up until uh, this charge, um, had no blemish on his character whatsoever. Um, The only violence he's ever been involved in is this, which was to have himself executed. So he's not a danger to the community. The only person he's a danger to is himself. But since the summer, state law enforcement have opened two more investigations in the Murdoch's orbit. The first involves a 2015 death of a friend of Buster's. The family spokeswoman declined to comment on that investigation. The other investigation involves the 2018 death of the family housekeeper and nanny. Her name was Gloria Satterfield. She'd worked for the family for more than 20 years.
1: She worked very closely with the family. She considered the boys her own because she'd been with them since they were little, little, little. Well, in 2018, Gloria Satterfield tripped down the stairs at the Murdoch's home and fell into a coma. And three weeks later, she died. She was 57 years old. In September,
0: state investigators started looking into the circumstances around Satterfield's death as well as the insurance payout that came after. Shortly after she died, her two adult sons filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Alec Murdoch. But this September, the sons filed another lawsuit in which they said Murdoch had created a scheme to pocket the insurance money that was meant for them. The lawsuit says the total insurance payout from her death was about $4.3 million. Val says their suit, and one brought by the Murdoch family law firm, detailed how the alleged scheme worked.
1: He was accepting checks from the insurers and saying he was going to put the money aside for the boys and they would receive a certain amount of money every month for the rest of their lives. And he didn't do it. He didn't do it at all, and that he kept that money. And he never told them, these boys that he'd known forever, he never told them, that they even had won a settlement.
0: The Murdoch family spokeswoman declined to comment on any aspect of the Satterfield case. And Murdoch's lawyer for the criminal charges, Dick Harputlian, said he doesn't know what Alec's responsibility would be in the Satterfield case.
1: And where is Alec Murdoch now? Alec Murdoch, his lawyer says, is in a rehab in Georgia that has not been named, undergoing a treatment for an opioid addiction.
0: Murdoch remains under investigation for alleged insurance fraud, embezzlement, and planning his own murder. And he still faces lawsuits related to the boat crash and Satterfield's death.
1: It's really kind of nuts, right? It's this big national story. It is, it's is—it's larger than life. But on the other hand, it's a very personal tragedy. There are lives lost here. There's money that clients say was taken from them that would have helped them have a better life. Money from people that were victimized in some way. And you know, it's, there's just a lot of life and a lot of tragedy wrapped up into this sensational story. The Murdochs have been this powerful family for 100 years and there's incredible brokenness there now. It's part of what makes it so fascinating. You can build up power over the course of 100 years, influence, wealth, and how quickly it can all go away how quickly it can unravel. This will undoubtedly affect the reputation of the family. The family whose name was synonymous with power and influence and ability to make things happen is now synonymous with something completely different.
0: That's all for today, Friday, October 8th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Your hosts are Ryan Knutsen and me, Kate Leinbaugh. The show is produced by Catherine Brewer, Pia Gadkari, Brendan Klinkenberg, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Afif Nasuli, Ricky Nevetsky, Enrique Perez de la Rosa, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, Kayla Stokes, and Annie Rose Strasser. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner and Nathan Singapok. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Katherine Anderson, Peter Leonard, Billy Libby, Bobby Lord, Emma Munger, So Wiley, and Blue Dot Sessions. Thanks for listening. We're off Monday. See you Tuesday.